You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host, Big Dave Watson at BOW, B-A-W-L Sports. Bow. You can follow us at Locked On Bulls. You can also hit us up on that text voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill, the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on the subscriptions you want to keep. Well, Big Dave, uh, appreciate you and C-Dub holding down the fort for the Monday episode. Everybody go check that out if you haven't uh, listened and watched that episode where they break down the win over the Pacers. Today, we'll be talking about the Bulls' fourth straight win, the win over the Hawks in Atlanta on Monday night. Boy, did the Big Three show out. Big Dave, how are you, my friend? Matt, I am wonderful. I've missed you. Uh, Thanks for Letting me uh, do the show, though, with uh, Chris, that was fun to do, but I definitely missed you, man, and it's oh, great to talk to you. I missed you, too. Everybody needs a break from me every once in a while, right? And uh, <laughs> uh, if, if you're looking for this episode on YouTube, we can't find it. It's because the internet out here, I am still deep in the heart of Texas at my sister and brother-in-law's country house with the family, yeah. extended holiday break. I kid you not, when the service provider for their internet out here in the country in Texas is like seriously like a farmer down the street. It's like Farmer Bob's internet. <laughs> and it, it was last updated in 2013. I'm dead oh, serious. No, no, no. <laughs> the struggle is real. Uh, so you're saying you're, you're shutting down basically a lot of what's going on in the town by doing this show. Is what oh, yeah. Saying. I'm pretty sure the power is out in every other house in this general area right now. <laughs> Uh, but man, you know, you know, whose power is not waning big Dave, because it's our main man, Vooch. Ooh, I, I know. I saw your tweet. I saw your tweet after the win over the Hawks. You're getting a little salty about all those Vooch haters, buddy. <laughs> Just a scotch, man. Matt, you know me. I usually let stuff go. I usually don't. I'm not the one to participate in that. You know, I, I let, I lean on you, you know what I'm saying? To provide that for me, but something about Vooch in this year has really, kind of just, you know, irked my nerves a little bit. And it's just been guys like not knowing uh, who he is or, you know, not seeing what he's done his entire career and not knowing what a slump looks like. Um, Because, you know, it was the wordage, Matt. It was words like, he's awful. He's terrible. He's horrible. It was those kind of things. I'm like, we watched the Bulls for the past four years. We've seen awful, terrible, and horrible. I know what that looks like. That's not what this is. Because if this is awful, horrible, and terrible, you can hand this to me. That's 15 and 11 still. You can hand that to me. I, I'll take that every day. Obviously, it was a slump. It was something going wrong. And we watched him break out of that slump, Matt, in a major, major way, my friend. Major. 24 points, 17 boards, six assists, four blocks, and four made threes in that 24 points. And by the way, Big Dave, did you know? That that stat line, 24, 17, 6, 4, and 4 made threes, had never been achieved before in NBA history. Yeah, yeah, Matt, when I saw that stat, I, I immediately tweeted out lies. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
These are lies. This is not true. No, people were crying and complaining about trading this person for somebody, whoever you wanted to trade them for. You wanted to get them for somebody who can't put up the numbers that Vooch is putting up. And you want to know how I know this? Because as Matt just said, it's never happened before in the history of the NBA. That's how we know this. He is that damn good, ladies and gentlemen. This is what he does. You have to let people go through their thing, get reacclimated, get comfortable so they can know where they need to be on the floor. He kept saying that. I didn't know where, where I needed to be. I was just trying to find my comfort level with it. Maybe the ball had something to do with it too. Whatever it was, we just had to give him time to work through it because like DeMar said, we've seen how hard he works. We know what he does. Nobody on the team was worried about it. Billy Donovan wasn't worried about it. AK and Eversley, nobody was worried about it. The only people freaking out were a few Bulls fans who were in the trade machine firing it up, trying to trade him and, and like four draft picks for somebody. Who cares? It doesn't matter. You need Vooch. You need Nikola Vucevic. The man is awesome and he's incredible. And he saved our behind on more than one occasion, Matt, this season, even when he was slumping. Because guess what? We pointed that out to you on the show. The many times he hit key buckets and did key important things during Bulls wins, even though he was not shooting the ball well, he was still hitting big pull-up Matt Peck three-point shots. All right? Mm. He was incredible. He's been awesome. And it was just great to see him have this kind of game so people can be like, all right, we're chilling. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand if, if Bulls fans were frustrated with him like right. if it weren't a player of his caliber, like mm-hmm. wh- what did you just all of a sudden think that this guy who's a two-time all-star who has season after season after season of being a dominant center, a scoring center, just forget how to play basketball. Like, no, of course he was <laughs> going to come around. And I, I can't, it right. still baffles me that some Bulls fans were like, Oh my God, we got to get rid of this guy after what? 10 games. Oh, also, he was in protocols for a while. He actually had a symptomatic case of COVID that he had to work his way back from. But I I thought this quote from his teammate, DeMar DeRozan, after the game speaks volumes because DeMar was asked about, you know, Vooch's strong night and how he's kind of put together a string of, of good games after the slump. Here's what DeMar said. He said, I know how hard Vooch works. I would never let a period of time of him struggling depict who he is as a player. He's a dominant force at his position one of the most skilled big men inside and out that we have in this league. His career Mm -hmm. speaks for itself. It was only a matter of time. I'm always going to have confidence in him without a doubt. End quote. You know who said that? His teammate, DeMar DeRozan. (laughs) Don't you all understand what's going on when you hear his teammates telling you, we're not worried and we're not concerned because we know how great he is. That means they're sitting there and they're seeing it every day because, again, like DeMar just said, like Matt just read, they watch him put in the work. They're seeing what he's doing. And this isn't new. He's been putting in the work like this his entire career. It's why he averages 20 and 10. It's why he shoots over 40% from the three-point line. And Matt, you know the favorite stat, Matt? The best one was the four blocks. And why was it my best one? It was my favorite one because how many times have I come on the show and said his defense is predicated by his offense? If he's playing great offensively, he usually plays great defensively. Well, guess what? 24 and 17 and six assists is a pretty damn good offensive night. So guess what? On the defensive end, I'm going to get these blocks. And Matt, what was great was when he was doing this. In the fourth quarter, when it was money time, it was Vooch time, hitting threes off the glass. Hitting those three. Man, when he leaked out for that three-point shot with DeMar DeRozan went, 
and he leaked out to the baseline and hit that three-point shot. My God. Oh, my <laughs> like, yes, this is this is what I'm talking about. This is what he does. And the other reason we weren't concerned about this is it was not affecting winning. Right. The Bulls were still a winning basketball team, even while he was going through his slump. If it was affecting winning and it was a clear hindrance to the progression of this team, me and Matt would have been all on that ass. But it was not like that. You could just see the team still supporting him. There's a read, you know, Matt, someone said to me, yeah, he was after 15 points, but it's because he took a lot of shots. There's a reason he took a lot of shots. His teammates were giving him the basketball to right. take those shots. They were trying to get him going. There's a reason he was shooting so much. It's not like he's a guard where he can create his own shot and just take 30 shots. Somebody's got to give him the ball. They were giving him the ball because they had faith in him that he was going to come through and do what he does. And this is what faith looks like, baby, when it's being answered. Mm. In this Bulls four-game winning streak, Vooch is averaging 19.3 points, 12.8 boards. There's your 20 and 10. 3.8 assists and 2.3 blocks, shooting 50% wow. from the field and 44% on threes. <laughs> hey, all you Vooch out there, are you ready to shut up yet? You ready to issue your apologies yet? I, mean, I don't know, come man. On. Like, and, and as you mentioned too, the blocks. Like, Vooch gets dogged for his defense at times. Um, yeah. You know, not not. You know, I would say pe- more people dog Demar Derozan for his defense than those who who dog Vucevic. But I think Vooch's defense is crucial to the way that mm. Billy wants to play defensively, and he is an anchor out there. And between mm. that and the way that he play makes on the offensive end, the assists every night. Even when he wasn't getting his shots to fall, you still got production out there from him. Now that his shots are starting to fall, and hopefully he's building confidence with this recent string of four games where he's been shooting the ball better and playing better, he's only going to continue to be more and more effective because, hey, there will be those random nights. I mean, at least I think so, that maybe Zach has an off night or DeMar has an off night, and you need those 20 to 25 points from Vooch. it's it's a you know it's a luxury for the Bulls to have all of these options and maybe Vooch needed some time to adjust to this role, basically being the third offensive option because he's been the first offensive option his entire career. But if it only yes. took him thirty games to make that adjustment, great, that's great because yes. now the Bulls are still as you said they've been winning games while Vooch has been figuring it out and dealing with the shooting slump. The Bulls are twenty one and ten and Vooch is oh. pulling himself out of this slump. It's all roses, baby. It's all roses, man. Matt, that's that's the most important thing about all this. 21 and 10. Like we said, if it's stopping winning, I would feel you. But the fact that they're 21 and 10 while he's going through that is so important, guys. And and you can't, no team is going to be 21 and 10 with one of their starters being awful, is what right. I'm trying to tell y'all. It's not going to happen. They, they can do it with somebody going through a slump, with somebody not ha- not being consistent, you know, in their games. You can do that. Nobody is going 21-10 with somebody being awful, being horrible, and being terrible the entire 30-plus games. It's not how that works in the NBA. You have to be balling and playing well to get this kind of record. So that means Vooch just wasn't playing up to the standard that we're used to. Now, that is a factual thing. But saying that he was awful, horrible, and terrible, let's trade him, that is absolutely ridiculous. And you need to stop it right now, man, because Vooch is looking good. Speaking of those six dimes for Vooch Monday night, those were six of 25 combined assists from the Bulls' big three 
We'll talk about the games that DeMar and Zach had in just a minute. But first, I mentioned it at the top of the show. Today's episode brought to you by Truebill, the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need or want or simply forgot you had. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. That's a lot of scratch. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill is here to save the save the day by making it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill does the rest. We'll cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one easy tap. And your Truebill concierge is always there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has saved over 2 million users $100 million. That's right, $100 million in saved money on canceled subscriptions. So don't fall for subscription scams anymore. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA right now. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. All right, Big Dave, where do you want to go first? Do you want to talk about our A plus guy or our A plus guy? Damar and Zach (laughs) doing it again. 30 plus point nights for each. It was the 10th 30 point night for Zach this season. It was the ninth 30 point game for DeMar this season. And I like, I, I honestly don't know which one had a more impressive game. I might lean DeMar just because of how ridiculously efficient he was. What did he finish 12 of 17 from the field or something like that? <laughs> I, I just, I I'm running out of words to describe just how lethal this bulls duo is. Yeah. He was 14 to 20, but, but yeah, oh, okay. he, absolutely stupid this is how good it is let's fine we'll start we'll start with with demar we'll, we'll start since you mentioned him first i what i like so much matt was i was like man he's having kind of a quiet half you know in the first half because it just felt like zach was going crazy then i looked at the stats he had 21 and five <laughs> <laughs> i was like what it was like it didn't even feel like it and but then i remembered when the bulls uh, weren't hitting those shots early in the first quarter. It was DeMar DeRozan who was keeping them in the game. Because remember, Atlanta was hitting their shots early on in that first quarter. They they scored like 38 or something like that in the first quarter. They they did a really good job, but they were only up eight <laughs> because DeMar DeRozan was hitting the shots every time he came down. My God, man, he just makes it look so easy and so simple, man. And you know it's worse for the team when his three-point shot is hitting. That's when you know it's going to be bad. He had both of his threes that he put up. So you know it's going to be bad for you when he's hitting both when he's hitting his threes. But man, Matt, he did it all. But of course, that impressive thing, Matt, was the 10 assists. 10 assists for DeMar DeRozan, plus five rebounds to throw that in there. Showing you that he can do it all. And we we talked about this, Matt, when they got when they first got him about him being a facilitator. Because we saw that, how it improved, you know, when he was with uh, the San Antonio Spurs. And you kind of saw it tonight where he would get the ball, make the move. They would collapse on him, and he'd make you pay with the pass out. And he was passing it to Zach. Boom. When Troy Brown Jr. hit that that desperation three um, early in, I think, of the second quarter when that clock was running down, I was like, Troy Brown Jr. is going to have a solid night. (laughs) He Mm -hmm. definitely did. And he, he had like seven points, which is a solid night for him. But DeMar was just finding the open guy every single time, man, and making it look easy doing it. Wow, at the same time, dropping 35 points on you, man. Like, it's insane how, it's insane how good he has been for the Chicago Bulls this season, Matt. 
Yeah, and you know, it's it's good that DeMar knocked down both of those threes. He had to make up for the fact that he was only five of eight at the free throw line. I mean, from DeMar, <laughs> you expect yeah. him to be nine or ten of eight from the free throw Great line. Point. Um Great point. And, and that was really the only edge that the Hawks had significantly over the Bulls all night. The Hawks were 23 of 26 from the free throw line. The Bulls just 10 of 14. Usually wow. that's a department where you expect DeMar to, you know, nudge that edge in favor of the Bulls. But yes, the the playmaking ability of DeMar DeRozan. I, I can't make up my mind whenever DeMar has the ball, which one I want to see him do more. Work his <laughs> work until he gets his spot to get to that mid-range spot and knock down a mid-range. Whether it's contested or not, doesn't matter. It's going in. Or draw the defense to him and then make some beautiful pass to an open teammate who knocks down a shot. I mean, we, we knew about the strides that he made with his playmaking ability when he spent a couple of seasons in San Antonio. And for whatever reason, a lot of people just either like chose to ignore that or didn't think that that would translate when it came to the bulls, because it was like, well, how is he going to fit with Zach? And then is Lonzo, your true point guard, who's really handling the ball. Guess what? It doesn't matter because Mm -hmm. we have already learned through 30 games that DeMar can play off the ball. And Zach, when DeMar's playing on the ball, is now such a lethal player coming off of screens. The 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 DeMar and Zach two-man game, whether they're pick and roll and pick and pop and all this stuff. DeMar's handling a lot of responsibility on the offensive end. And especially now in this stretch of games where Lonzo Ball will be out. Like we've seen a lot of DeMar handling the ball, but it I mean, he is up to the task without a doubt. 35 and 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's being responsible for for uh, 55 points, maybe somewhere between 55 and 60 points, depending on how many of his assists went for three pointers. Right, that's, right. That, that's half your team's points for one guy. <laughs> that's that's an excellent way to put it. And you and he's as much as we I think of Vooch as like a safety net. You know what I'm saying? As a guy, like if it's going bad, I can just dump it down inside to him. Or if you cut to the bucket, he's out there for a three. As much as he is a safety net, Demar Derozan is definitely that. Uh, for the team, especially in the fourth quarter, right. as as a ball handler, ah, get not out just, of not my just brain, at, Dave. Get yeah. out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we know what he does as a scorer, but that as a ball handler, you know what I'm saying? As like here, bring the ball up. You know what I'm saying? Like just here, bring it up. No, don't nobody else. Lonzo, whoever, don't worry about it. Give it to him. Let him bring it up. Let him set it up, and we'll do it. It is a luxury when to have that on your team. And to know that I still can give it to Lonzo if I need be, you know what I'm saying, to have right. him do it. But having DeMar DeRozan, especially the guy who's going all the points for you in the fourth, who's leading the NBA at that, but also being the guy handling the ball and making sure everybody is where they need to be in the fourth quarter. That is key and vitally important, man. And it, it's, it's, it's just such a luxury, man. Like, we got so much luxuries, so many luxuries on this team that I hope, Bulls fans are really appreciating, you know what I'm saying? Things we just did not have before, you know what I'm saying? Certain uh, IQs we didn't have before, uh, certain uh, timely block shots, you know, timely steals and deflections, 50-50 balls. We win a lot of those now, right? Um, we got so many just luxuries where we can put a 6-5 guard out there and play them at the four, and, and we're still okay. Like, there's so many luxuries on this squad, and DeMar DeRozan's ball handling in the fourth quarter it's definitely, definitely one of them. And his decision-making also, too, because you can't have those 10 assists without being uh, a solid decision-maker on that floor as well. 
I mean, we've seen it all season long with DeMar's scoring in the fourth. Um, you know, it's he is the I, I haven't checked since last night, but last we checked the league's leading fourth quarter score. The Hawks mm-hmm. tried several times to get to to mount a comeback late third mm-hmm. quarter, early fourth quarter. And just go back and, and look through the play by play from last night. Cam Reddish drills a three. Uh, with 10 minutes and change left in the fourth to cut the Bulls lead to five. Next possession down to Rosen. Bucket. Uh, Cam Reddish makes another three-pointer. Next possession to Rosen. Bucket. Next possession to Rosen. Free throws. Malcolm Hill makes two free throws to cut the Bulls lead to six. To Rosen. Bucket. Pushes the Bulls lead back to eight. Every time the Bulls were in that danger area of letting the Hawks creep back in, letting the home crowd get into it, and closing that gap all the way, DeRozan made timely buckets. Here we go. Six and a half minutes left in the fourth. Cam Reddish makes another three-pointer to cut the Bulls lead to five yet again. Next possession, DeRozan. Pull up. Mid-range. Money. I mean, my God. <laughs> it just feels good, man. And it's such, and it's every time it goes up, don't you just feel like it's going in? When you see DeMar DeRozan shooting, you're like, oh, that's going in. Cash. It just feels like it. Cash. <laughs> With, like, without like, a doubt. Exactly. Without a doubt, man, it just it just really feels that way, man. And it's a, such a great feeling. And also with those ten assists, Matt, three turnovers. You know what I'm saying? This is the luxury, is what I'm talking about. You know what I'm right. saying? That we don't have to concern ourselves with. He's he's not a high turnover guy. He knows how to bring the ball up the floor, man. And the fact that we have multiple guys who could do that, and we didn't have any guys who could really do that in the past couple of years who could just simply bring the ball up the floor. You know what I'm saying? It's why Zach Levine's turnovers were so high. Mm-hmm. in those past few years you know what i'm saying he didn't have anybody else who could bring the ball up the court which right. is wild to say but it's the truth it was nobody else out there to do that you got demar that could do it you got lonzo that could do it caruso when he's in there he'll do it io will do it like it's it's so many now that you can do before you even say okay zach you you bring the ball up you know what i'm saying and it's just a great luxury man and on that note zach levine credit to him last night he had Ooh. nine dimes only turned the ball over twice So come on with it, Zach. I mean, talk about taking some of the pressure off of Zach. The fact that Zach and DeMar combined for 19 assists and only five turnovers, like you take that any night, you can get it. Absolutely. (sighs) Zach, five of eight from downtown. A lot of the, he he did make a couple of difficult ISO three point Mm -hmm. shots, as I recall, Mm -hmm. but he's also been the beneficiary of, as I said, getting to operate off the ball a little bit more and be that lethal uh, cutter and that lethal catch-and-shoot guy when he doesn't have to handle all that ball-handling pressure. So the Bulls' big two of DeMar and Zach getting it done once again, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, We also wanted to touch on the Bulls' spot point guard, Kobe White, his second game starting in place of Lonzo Ball, and a couple other thoughts from the Bulls' bench. We will do that in just a minute. But first, Big Dave, tell the people about bet online because we got bowl season underway we got the nfl playoffs around the corner and we got plenty of nba games oh plenty of all that this is the best time for sports guys the most wonderful time of the year when it comes to sports and you want to get in on the action and bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football continues to march through and the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs y'all oh it's so awesome bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season so head to that website use your mobile device sign up today receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit 
and just use this promo code locked on to receive your bonus. That code is locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, favorite Vegas casino game. Dark championships is around the corner. How do I know that? Because I'm a sports junkie. That's how it goes. Don't wait, y'all. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available this 2021 season heading into 2022. Bet Online is your fastest and your easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online! Where the game starts sports. All right, moving along as we break down this Bulls win over the Hawks, their fourth win in a row, 21 and 10 on the season. Big Dave, I enjoyed uh, your thoughts uh, with C Dub on our Monday episode talking about Kobe White and the Rook, the, the hometown kid, the U of I product, Aodasumu. We have now seen both of these young players get spot starts because of the Bulls, whether it be protocol issues or injury issues. And, uh, you know, I, I thought Kobe White had a really rough first half, um, yeah. but it kind of reminded me of games in Kobe's past where when he was thrust into a more prominent role in, in his second season, uh, especially, and he would struggle to, to get that, you know, rhythm going right off the bat in a, starting in a game. But then you mm-hmm. would see him stick with it, correct some mistakes and, and find his rhythm in the second half. And I think that that's pretty much what we saw from Kobe last night. He was scoreless in the first half, then had 10 big points for the Bulls in the third as they were starting to pull away. And then the, you know, the, the, you know, the cherry on top of Kobe's night was that dagger three in the corner that really put the game away. Yeah. Scoreless in the first half and with three fouls, um, he was struggling. Uh, definitely. And a lot of it definitely had to do with uh, guarding uh, Trey Young, playing defense on him because uh, those fouls, Trey Young is going to get some fouls called. This is what he does. I had a friend of mine who told me quickly that he hates watching Trey Young play basketball because he says 50 percent of the time when Trey Young goes up, he's not trying to score. And right. what he means by that is Trey Young is not going up to put the ball in the bag. He's going up to get to the free throw line. He's going up to get fouled. Every he time he it. flinches when he has the ball, I'm like, oh, he's going to get a call. <laughs> it's gonna happen here it comes here it comes and he got him it's, it's what he does and he doesn't get the ones that he used to but he's still gonna get them which is why Kobe ended up with three fouls and Ayo had, had foul trouble as well but what I liked Matt was Kobe White after that first half I'm getting tweets from people it's your fault Big Dave you, you said he could play defense and now look at him it's trash and then when the third quarter hit Nobody wanted to talk to me. <laughs> I didn't understand it. I couldn't understand. So I'm hitting people back like, well, where, well, do I get credit for this? Or you just want to give me all the blank? Like, what do you want to do? Pick your poison out here. After that first half, Bull Nates were going crazy. <laughs> like, Kobe, why you like to sit down? Like, this is crazy. We hate him. Why is he out here? I'm so glad he doesn't. He isn't on social media <laughs> like that. <laughs> reading those kind of things, man. But Kobe White came out. And the key adjustment, and shout out to Coach Fleming for this, the key adjustment I thought was they took him off of Trey Young and they put Javante Green on Trey Young. So that freed Kobe up a little bit more to focus on his offense. And then you started seeing more off the ball stuff with Kobe White. Cause as Matt and I have said millions of times, we like him better off the ball and we like him off the bench. That's where we like him. That's where we feel like he's most comfortable. And you saw him coming off the ball and just flaming it up, Matt. That's what he did because when Kobe gets hot, he's one of the best. Okay. When he's hot and he's on, 
it's it's really truly awesome to watch and it's one of the best out there matt when he got that dunk i'm talking about you just felt all all that anxiety and all that missed shots and all the things he's been through these past six months you kind of felt it released when he yelled after that dunk you just you, you could just see it in his face it felt good for him to be able to do that. And I was really, really happy for him on that level, man. And to hit that dagger three also, um, because after that foul trouble, it felt like he wasn't going to be back in the game. And then they brought him back in the game. And then to hit that three basically to ice it and to send him home. What a great feeling and a great second half for Kobe White. Says a lot about his mental as well. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people wouldn't be able to recover from that after struggling like that in that first half. Says a lot about Kobe White. So I'm going to give him some props on that for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, now with, with Kobe coming back and hopefully kind of finding his game and, and finding his role, um, I, I enjoyed the column that uh, our guy Rob Shaver did kind of talking mm. about Kobe and the struggles he's had, not only dealing with the injury, but readjusting to a completely new set of teammates outside of Zach Levine and hit, finding his role within that. And, and now again, the role is, is kind of shifting and, and changing because of the bulls, like every team in the NBA dealing with players coming in and out of availability, but to have a, a just a, a really bad first half like that and, and still stick with it and bounce back. I think you, you got Kobe and you got IO and now, you know, the bulls maybe have a decision to make, if they do want to make some kind of move at the deadline and maybe Kobe white remains their most tradable asset um, because in his own right, I, I thought IO played some pretty solid defense for some spot minutes on Trey young last night yeah. too. And yeah, he did. man, uh, you know, IO didn't hit his outside shot. Oh, of two from downtown, but this mid range floater that IO has sort of like, you know, I think we saw it some uh, in his collegiate career at U of I, but the fact that he is now starting to have the confidence to break it out in NBA game, it is like, I can't describe it. It, it seems like it's a floater that he, sh he should be two steps closer into the basket than where he <laughs> releases the floater. It's like a floater in a spot on the floor where floaters shouldn't work, but it's falling for him. And like, I think that was, he made four buckets last night. I think two or three of them were that, that floater of his. And I, I mean, it, do you go with Kobe? Do you go with IO? It seems like either one of these young players have proven to you. I can start because we saw IO get some spot starts when the bulls were missing yeah. a lot of guys and Kobe can start. And then Lonzo comes back. And then that's when the big question happens, right? When Lonzo yeah. comes back into the starting lineup out of protocols, what does Billy Donovan do to get IO minutes and to get Kobe minutes? Are there enough minutes for both of these guys in this rotation? It's a fair question. Yeah, it's a very fair question. Um, and like I said, on the show with uh, Chris, like it's a luxury. And, um, and, I, and I talked about that earlier in the show, man, it's, it's a, it's a first world problem to have two really solid players that you like, both of these guys can start and you know, both of them can contribute for you. Um, I can see either argument, Matt. Like, I really can. I can see either way and go either way on this. Both of them bring something different to that starting lineup. I, I want to see Ayo get that opportunity just because I want to see it. You know what I'm saying? I want to see what it looks like mm -hmm. with him running with those starters and him being that point guard because he just loves to facilitate. He has a, a joy of facilitation. You know what I'm saying? Like, great point guards have to have a joy of passing. You know what I mean? That's what really makes them great passes. They have to really enjoy doing it. it doesn't have to look so forceful you know what i'm saying like ah, ah you know what i'm saying me like people might say that about russell westbrook or something like that like ah you know here here's a ball you know 
hurry up and score so I get it back and score some more. So it has to look, you know, real smooth. And he, that pass, that no-look he threw to Zach, you know, for that dunk. That was beautiful. You know, him playing with uh with Alonzo uh, Ball and Caruso, you just see how those things are kind of rubbing off on him because he's a sponge. You, you can just see it. He's a straight-up sponge. I just want to see it, though. I want to see what it looks like when he's on the floor with those four starters and where he needs and where he knows uh, where to be on the floor when they're there. I know what it looks like with Kobe because uh, I've seen it, you know, previously before this season and now looking at it again this season. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know what it looks like with Kobe and I'm, and I'm not mad at what it looks like with Kobe because I know what he can bring and what he can provide. And you saw that in that third quarter when when he gets hot. It's like, oh, my God, it's awesome to watch. It makes you even more lethal, more venomous out there. But I really would like to see it with Io, just to see what it looks like for him, because it's it's not like he's going to be rattled, Matt. <laughs> like we, we, That ship has sailed on, on things rattling a rookie as far as Io DeSumo goes. He is not going to be rattled by the moment or any situation or player. He is going to play his game and be within himself. And, yeah, I just really would like to see him get that opportunity. All right, uh, before we get out of here, Big Dave, I have to ask, I, uh, I saw another tweet of yours during this Bulls-Hawks game where you said that you think that Matt Thomas might be becoming your new Ryan Nall. <laughs> and for those of you Bulls fans out there who might not also be Chicago Bears fans, Ryan Nall is a guy who has spent the last several years as a member of the Chicago Bears football team, mostly on the practice squad, will occasionally get called up and basically play only special teams. Unless the Bears are down seven of their top running backs, this man never plays. But for whatever reason, Big Dave is in love with him. <laughs> I mean, Matt Matt Thomas had maybe his best night as a bull against the Hawks. Nine points uh, on three of five shooting from downtown. D- defend your stance that Matt Thomas is your latest obsession, Dave. Well, I talked about this on uh, a podcast. I was <laughs> I was a guest on. Um, yesterday, uh, combos court, shout out, shout out to Drew or combos court. Um, and I told him how much Chicago loves a try hard white guy, especially when it comes to, uh, the Chicago bulls and Ryan Nall for me is definitely that he's listen. When's the last time you've seen a white running back? Like <laughs> they're on the outside of Christian McCaffrey. It's, it's not a normal thing you're, man, that you're seeing that. And two, when I watched him in the preseason, he would always do something. He would always produce. He would run like a long 60-yard run or something like that. And I would just be so happy for Ryan all because I'm always rooting for, you know, the 18th guy, you know what I'm saying, at the position. Like, I, I like that success story. He's a success story to me because he wouldn't – I don't think he'd be on another team right now if it wasn't for the Chicago Bears. And, and I like Ryan all. I, mean, I, just, I just like that about him. So And the fact that also everybody truly, truly hates him like just also makes me love him more. <laughs> this also I mean, brings love. A, lo- yeah. a lot of Bulls fans were wondering when the team announced that they had waived Alize Johnson to make room for Alfonso McKinney to sign his yeah. remainder of season contract, wondering, well, why wasn't Matt Thomas waived instead of uh, Alize for a team that might be, you know, needing size as we keep talking about maybe a trade to bring in more size. Um, there, There is still that possibility that the Bulls decide to waive Matt Thomas before his contract is guaranteed. I believe that deadline is January 7th. So like around a week and a half from now, the Bulls have to make that final decision if they want to waive Thomas to free up a roster spot for maybe uh, an unbalanced trade before the deadline to take in two players uh, and send out one, 
or if there's just somebody else that they see that the, you know, they have their eye on and want to sign somebody for the rest of the season. So Matt Thomas, maybe, you know, giving his best reason thus far for the bulls to hang on to him with his, with his decent night off the bench, 19 minutes off the bench for Thomas last night. But again, it, you know, when the bulls get Lonzo back and they get Derek Jones jr. Back, like I, I don't see Thomas being a contributing part of this team when they have all their pieces healthy. But right, then again, right. this is a season where, you need all 15 guys. And then sometimes you need guys 15 through 20. So we'll see, but something definitely uh, to keep your eye on with Matt Thomas and that impending guarantee decision that the bulls have to make that deadline at the end of the first week of January, which by the way, as we were recording, I just saw shout out to Alize Johnson just got picked up on a 10 day by the Washington wizards. So for him to find a new home, always rooting for Alize. He was, uh, uh, a, a quality guy for what we could tell while he was here. And I loved his antics yeah. celebrating when you his did. teammates were making plays while he was on the bench. Um, you definitely did. And let me say, let me say this real quick, Matt, please leave Matt Thomas alone. People. I don't understand the hate for Matt Thomas for a guy. Listen, if it, the guy was like a starter, you know what I'm saying? Or, or like a main piece of the bench, I feel you. This is like the 15th dude on the right. roster. You I know think what I'm essentially like, he is the equipment manager. And, right, then, right, and then they right, were like, right, oh, right. crap, we actually have to play our equipment right. manager. Like, you, you're yelling at Rudy. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, for, like for what? Like, who cares? Like, it's, like, seriously, y'all, like, y'all breaking, they doing breakdowns of his numbers and stats and stuff. Like, he's the 15th dude on the roster. Dude, he's not going to be playing when these guys get back. And it was just funny to watch him just go off, hit a, hit some back-to-back threes after people were out there throwing that hate at it. That That's what made me start loving him some more. You know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, I like this now, man. Because I just, come on, dude. Like, please stop with the Matt Thomas breakdowns of his stats and numbers of the 15th dude on your roster who is not going to see any time. That's like being mad at Marco right now. For what? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, for what? You know what I mean? Like, dude, he's not going to play. Like, just let him have his fun. He's doing his thing. He's contributing right now. Just let him do that, and then he'll go back to the bench when everybody gets back. All right? All right. There it is. Big Dave telling y'all to leave Matt Thomas alone. Uh, it's, a, it's, a bold, it's a bold hill to take a stand on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bold man. That's, uh, that's it for today. <laughs> Thanks to y'all for listening and tuning in. Uh, Bulls face the Hawks again for the second time in three days on Wednesday night. This time they're hosting Atlanta at the UC. The Bulls will try to make it five straight wins and get to 22 and 10 as they try and keep heat on Brooklyn for that number one seed in the East. In the meantime, you can always follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. David's at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. We are at Locked on Bulls. You can also find us on that text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Big Dave, I'm Matt. Have a good one, Bulls Nation. Until next time, see Red be good. Peace out.